Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Survivor Series Sunday coming up this week, and this is WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, November 19, 2020. I am Graham Jason Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well. As always, being joined by the illustrious Mr. Survivor Series himself, Mr. Marceau. RJ, welcome back to the show. How you doing today, brother? Doing well, GSM. A lawfully claim there, calling me Mr. Survivor Series, but I like it. <laughs> coming off a big birthday on Monday. How was that? It was good, you know. Due to COVID, wasn't nothing crazy, but it was just a nice, very relaxing day. Very relaxing day. We still got to get that on the T-shirt one of these days. One of these signature Marso catchphrases. But yes, I did say Mr. Survivor Series because you are the first person. I, I mean, other than Randy Orton, obviously, that I think of when I think of Survivor Series because you've often played up the O2 show as have I. It's one of the greatest installments of all time. In the subsequent installment. In 2003, with Kane and Shane, which WWE actually recently uploaded to their YouTube channel in full, if people want to watch it, and not just the whole show, um, took place on your birthday in 2003. Was that your eighth or ninth birthday? That was my. I think it's my tenth birthday, right? Tenth birthday. I'm trying to do the math in my head. I was born in '93, so that should have been my tenth birthday. Tenth birthday. Okay, that would make sense. Um, yeah, no, that's a good show. We were just talking before we went on the air here about Survivor Series shows to rewatch. Um, the O three one is good. We just talked about that. The O two one is just magical. I mean, that one. Can, I don't know if that one can ever be topped. Just literally every single match, even fucking Billy Kidman versus what was it? Jamie Noble was a great match. Like every title changed hands. Just an absolute. Brock and Big Show was another special one. The first ever Elimination Chamber match. Just a magical show in Madison Square Garden from start to finish. Um, some of the recent shows have been decent. I thought last year's Survivor Series with NXT was actually quite great. That was a pretty damn good show. Um, the 2014 one with Team Cena, Team Authority, the show itself, I don't remember much about, but the main event was fantastic. Uh, I like the 2011 show also in Madison Square Garden. Any other go-to Survivor Series shows for you, RJ? I mean, the mid-2000s, I just, I mean, I loved all the shows. I rewatched O4 last night. That show just, I don't know, definitely did not hold up in my memory. I thought the show was better than it was. just kind of was just, eh. But no, I, um, I think it was O five. Oh, five's when Undertaker came back, right? Oh, man. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's the main event. Um, that yeah, He came back I, afterward. But, yeah, Team Raw and Team SmackDown, before we got all the brand supremacy bullshit in recent years, that was the first one they ever did, and it was a fantastic match. That's the... Uh, which one? It was 05 the year. It was like... Uh, I'm trying to think. Batista was on Team SmackDown. It was like when they had that parking lot brawl. Or am I thinking a different year? They had the, the parking lot brawl on Raw. It was like Bobby Lashley, Batista, Rey Mysterio. Maybe. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that was that, that year. Yeah, that year. I mean, I remember that build for that for that Survivor Series. It was money. 
Yeah, I think they started building it up, if I'm not mistaken, on the Raw Homecoming show, on the first show on USA Network. They had teams... I think SmackDown was supposed to have a match or something on the show. And then I think Eric Bischoff or whoever was GM at the time came out and was like, no, 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 like, you're getting your TV time cut, whatever. So they got fucking pissed and they came out later on in the show and they just completely annihilated Raw. And that was like the first invasion that we got. And that was back when the brand split meant a lot more than it does now. And it built to that great match at Survivor Series over a month later. Without even looking at it, I think the teams consisted of, you mentioned it right there, Batista, Ray, um, Bobby Lashley, JBL I know was on SmackDown. Randy Orton. Randy Orton was on SmackDown, obviously, because he's the sole survivor. How could I forget? And then Raw was Chris Masters, Carlito, yep. Big Show, and Kane. And, and Shawn Michaels. And Shawn Michaels, okay. Yeah, it was a very, very good match. A very good yep. match. I can just picture them facing off in that parking lot brawl, like them all wearing, like, street... Uh, I know Bobby Lashley or Fab was wearing, like, a button-up. And just, like, <laughs> And Batista got chokeslammed through the windshield by Kane and... Uh, Big show. Great moment. I mean, you fast forward 15 years later, now the Raw and SmackDown stuff could not mean any less, and we're going to be getting to that a little bit later on at the end of the episode, their Survivor Series preview and predictions for this coming weekend. Um, the first Survivor Series weekend, actually, in five years that we're not getting a takeover accompanying it. Um, the last couple of years, we've had War Games. In 2016, we had Toronto 1, or Toronto, yeah, Toronto 1, TakeOver Toronto 1. Um, and then Survivor Series 2015 weekend, exactly five years ago from this weekend, we did not have a takeover. Now, we are getting a takeover. We found out last night on NXT, Takeover War Games 4. I don't think they're calling it 4, but that's it's the fourth installment of the show in December. So I think that's coming up on Sunday, December 6th. Um, not next weekend, not Thanksgiving weekend, but the weekend after that. So that's something to look forward to as well. We will be discussing NXT a little bit later on. I thought both NXT actually and Dynamite last night. Um, I haven't really gotten your thoughts on this at all. I, I didn't watch the shows until a lot later on last night. Um, but I finished NXT earlier today, and I thought it was a fantastic show. I thought Dynamite was also a really, really good show, too. Um, so we'll talk all about that. We'll get into Raw. We'll get into the Survivor Series stuff. But first and foremost, we got to address the elephant in the room here, that being the release of Zelina Vega from WWE last Friday. Before I even get into any of that, though, before we get your two cents, Mr. Marceau, on that, uh, got to give a quick shout-out to the show. You can find the show on Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Play, all the popular podcast platforms. New episodes every single Thursday. In addition, on WrestleRant.com and WrestleRantRadio.com. Uh, Mr. Marceau's on the Twitter machine, at RG underscore Marceau, and myself, at WrestleRant. We got an interview with Sasha Banks going up tomorrow as well. Not here on the show, but in article form and on the YouTube channel tomorrow. The SmackDown Women's Champion Talk and Survivor Series. SmackDown, the feud with Bailey, Vince McMahon, uh, The Mandalorian, and so much more. That's coming up tomorrow on BR and on the YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash Graham GSM Matthews. So let's address the Zelina Vegas stuff, like I said. That broke last Friday, so the day after we recorded the show a week ago. So it's a bit old news at this point. Um, definitely came as a shock. And I know you said <laughs> it did. And it was definitely surprising, um, but it's not a devastating loss. Now, I think the circumstances in which she released were shitty. And I discussed this in detail on hashtag on Wednesday. So I won't go into great detail again about it here. But I do want to get your side of the story, Mr. Marceau. What are your thoughts on the abrupt release of Zelina Vega from WWE? I mean, I see, I, from what, what's come out at this point, I, I feel like it, I just I, I know what WWE's trying to do that obviously with. With everything going on, they're trying to own everything, so they've been cutting down on those third-party kind of like business ideas that these people have. And I, I completely agree with the wrestlers. If it's like my wrestler name's 
Ray Mysterio, but I go by my formal name. I mean, it's not. I'm not using that character or that that swing to get people to watch. Like that's my own stuff. So I feel like I get their point of that. They they believe if they're not using their wrestling name that they should be able to do whatever the fuck they want, which they probably should. But clearly WWE is trying to clamp down on that and get as much money as they can. So I think it's it's a shitty situation. Definitely, um, it sounded like they kind of told them like. If you do what you're doing now, like I guess you keep that. Don't open anything else up, and I guess she opened an OnlyFans page as well mm-hmm. under her name, but still kind of after they said don't do it. So, I mean, if they don't, if they allow her to do that, then it kind of just opens up a can of worms, and just like everyone will start doing it. So, I mean, I definitely makes sense. I I like her. I don't think she's not expendable. So, I mean, not releasing her is not going to kill the company. But I just if they if they let her do it, then what says makes the next person be like, oh, well, you let her do it, so why can't I do it? So I get the purpose of them doing it. I just think it was kind of a shitty thing to do. I guess she makes more money from Twitch than she did from WWE anyway, so I would tell WWE peace out anyway. So we'll <laughs> yeah. see what happens. I mean, she can go – she'd be a great addition for AEW if after a 60-day non-compete. I mean, I, I think that – I wouldn't be surprised if she ends up there. She lives in Florida, I'm assuming. So I, I wouldn't be too surprised if they added her as, like, a nice veteran for that women's division. But – if you're making more money doing that and something that you like than wrestling, I mean, I think it's a no-brainer. I'd rather rather make the money doing what I want than, I guess, working for a company that seems like they're clamping down on everything. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting story to follow. I know the whole Twitch cameo thing's been going on, I think, since early September about them forcing the superstars to close down their accounts. Almost everyone abided. I'm sure they're not happy about it, but they did it. Um, I don't know if she stopped doing the Twitch thing for how long, but you are right, though. All the reports that have come out since then have, have clarified um, that it was because of the OnlyFans thing. She may have said no or whatever, and they just decided to take action. Now, again, as other people have said, and I said this on Hashtag, it was, if it was like like Randy Orton or someone like that or a much bigger name, I'm sure they wouldn't release him the same way they would Zelina Vega. It was done to send a message. Um, we'll see what happens with it. Clearly, they want to form a partnership with Twitch. But I just, I completely agree, though. I can see WWE not wanting them to use their superstar names, but if it's their real name, I see no issue with that. Um, And even if it is, they are using their real names. As long as it's not hurting the brand and they're not, you know, her OnlyFans to be, to just to clarify here, I think only consists of cosplay pictures and stuff like that. Nothing extraordinarily bad. If it was, I would get it. It's not, so I don't really see what the point is of WWE taking action on it, but... It is what it is. I think, you know, some sort of, uh, maybe there will be blowback blow from, excuse me, from uh, other superstars taking action. Maybe someone else will speak up. I don't know. Um, it had nothing to do with the unionization tweet. She did tweet like 10 minutes before that she supported unionization and the release came like 10 minutes later. Uh, there was no connection there. It probably had to do with unionization, but it wasn't because of the tweet. Um, I'm not even really sure why people would think that was legit. <laughs> I'm not even sure if it's possible to fire someone in 10 minutes after a fucking tweet goes live. That makes no sense. Um, so just to clarify that. But, you know, I do agree. I think she could be a valuable asset wherever she goes. Um, do you think it would be as a wrestler or as a manager? Because as I've always said, she is better than Lana, but I've never seen an above average uh, Thea, Tia, Trinidad, whatever her name is, however you pronounce it, um, Zelina Vega match in WWE or elsewhere. Now, I know she used to be an impact with, I think, Mexican America like a decade ago. Um, maybe she can reunite with Sarita or whatever, who was also released from the company earlier this year. They can go after the knockout tag team titles, which they are bringing back. Um, I could see her in AEW. I thought that was a good fit as well. 
Um, I'd rather see her in a managerial role, but they need more women. So is there any one place that stands out to you? You mentioned AEW, but is her value more as a wrestler, RJ, or is it as a manager? I would say probably a manager, but like AEW already has a thousand managers, so you don't really need her as a manager role. Maybe start her off as a wrestler, um, some, and then kind of just see where it goes from there. And maybe you can kind of wean her into a manager role, but at first I'd definitely start her as a wrestler. Um, they could definitely use the women talent. Then maybe you can do a, like a slow transition into the managerial role as well. How do you think the Zelina Vega release affects Alistair Black, if at all? Um, I mean, I guess it could. I mean, it's her husband, so I think it will affect him. I mean, he's been barely on TV, so I don't think that's why. I just think they don't really either see anything in him or kind of have any plans for him. So, I mean, I, I think I could see him leaving if, I mean... I'd be pretty pissed if my wife got got fired for that, and then I'm just kind of hanging around. So, I mean, I, there's definitely ill will towards the company. I mean, it's not like he'd be like, oh, yeah, you deserve to get fired. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's out of the company whenever his contract's up. Well, the rumor was, and a pretty credible source at WrestleVotes had tweeted this uh, soon after the Zelina Vega news became public last week, that he reportedly requested to go back to NXT, and they said no. Um which doesn't overly surprise me. He strikes me as a person who hasn't been creatively satisfied in recent months. And that's not to say he's been buried in the main roster. He's definitely not as big as he could be, not as special as he once was. Um, but he did go undefeated for a year. He won at WrestleMania this year. Um, it wasn't really until they turned him heel and they did the whole dumb, you know, uh, the poking of the eye and all that other dumb shit that it really just kind of backfired and he hasn't done a lot since. He is on SmackDown now. He has not appeared on the show really at all in an official appearance since being drafted a month ago. So we'll see. Um, would you want to see if the cards did align? And again, he said they, they said no. But would you want to see Aleister Black follow in the footsteps, theoretically, of Finn Balor and go back to NXT at some point if the opportunity presented itself? Um, Not particularly. I feel like going down to NXT is for guys that like actually just need it. I feel like he's good on the main roster. They just haven't really utilized him correctly. Mm-hmm. I just... I don't know. I just don't think they need him down there. Like I like Finn down there because I mean, raw. They were literally when he was on the main roster. They kind of just did nothing with him. So I like him in that role. But I don't know. I don't want like oh, nothing going on. So it'll send you down to NXT. I feel like it's just like eh. No, I just I'd rather him on the main roster. No, that makes sense. I think he's a better fit in the main roster. He only left NXT a year and a half ago. But if it would get him TV time, then maybe. And I just say that just because NXT feels like. They've hit a point now where they need some influx of new talent. We talked last week of the Rascals from Impact Wrestling reportedly uh, you know, being headed to WWE, which would be cool. Um, I heard the name of Alex Zane, who I had seen some matches with in Ring of Honor about a year ago. Um, he's a talented dude. He might be WWE bound. They need some new people. They haven't signed anyone since early of uh, earlier this year, since pre-the pandemic, other than the Evolve people, which is nice, but we need like some bigger names and stuff like that. And I think it would be fine if NXT didn't rely so much on those fresher faces because they always kind of rely on that new crop of superstars. Now we only really have Dream, Ciampa, Gargano, Undisputed Air, who have been there for years now. they got to start moving forward with some fresher faces. And Balor's been there, and he's the champion now. They need some newer stars to start building up. And Karrion Cross was that guy before he got hurt. They need more than just that. Kushida, they're starting to finally do something with, so... We'll soon find out. But again, we'll talk about NXT a little bit later in the build uh, to War Games 4 as it began on Wednesday night. But on Raw, I thought it was actually not a terrible show. 
definitely one of the better installments of Raw in recent memory, um, if only for the two title matches that created some Survivor Series suspense to see who would go on to face um, SmackDown's The Street Profits and Roman Reigns, respectively, at the pay-per-view. Um, again, I thought overall it was a decent show. We might as well talk about the biggest stuff first, that being the WWE Championship changing hands on the flagship show for the first time in five years, since December 15th, I think was the exact day, or maybe December 14th. It was one of the two. Um, December 13th, 14th of 2015, when Roman Reigns beat Sheamus for the WWE title on Raw. I remember watching that show with you, RJ, five years ago. Jesus, it's been that long? Oof. <laughs> I guess. I mean, when I saw that stat, I'm like, holy shit, it's been five years. That's crazy. Because I remember that, and I was like, wow, that was a great moment, great match, great Raw. Um, that was one of the final Raws I think we watched together before we went on break that year or whatever. But yeah, the, we've had obviously Universal Championship changes on Raw since then. The WWE titles changed hands on SmackDown a bunch in recent years. AJ won it from Jinder. Brian won it from AJ. Kofi won it from... Uh, I'm sorry, Brock won it from Kofi last year. But the first one on Raw in five years. It was a great match. Drew McIntyre regaining the WWE Championship from Randy Orton, becoming a two-time champion in the process. Was it a mistake, is the popular question right now, RJ. Was it a mistake to take the title off of Drew to begin with at Hell in a Cell? Yes, I think it was a mistake taking it off at Hell in a Cell because it should have been taken off him at SummerSlam. I just think Orton had the most momentum I've seen from a heel in a long time, and they just lost twice to Drew at Summer, lost at SummerSlam and lost at Night of Champions, or Clash of Champions, whatever the fuck it's called. And then... He won at Hell in a Cell. It's just like, okay. Then he has like a three-week reign of just like, eh. And then he lost the belt again. It was just kind of like, if we're going to put the belt on him, at least give him like, I would have had him win at SummerSlam, have, hold that night of champions, then lose at Hell in a Cell if you're going to put the belt back on Drew. I just, and I just think the reign was just kind of like, you missed it in two seconds and just was like a waste of time. Yeah, I'm not even saying that, you know, they should have kept the belt on Drew the entire time. I think that would have been better than what they did. Obviously, they did it to give Orton an extra title reign. I get that, but I completely agree. It's not the fact that he won it, although I was never really in favor of him winning the championship to begin with. But if you were going to have him win it, it should have been three months ago at SummerSlam, as you said, when he was at his hottest. You know, when you beat someone enough and they finally win the belt, and especially if they're a heel, it just doesn't mean as much. Maybe if it's a babyface. And it's like the chase. I kind of get that, but and I know Randy is like credible and whatnot, but it just kind of fell flat for me at the pay per view. Um, I'm glad the belt is back on Drew, though. I think it's a much better option. He now has Strowman, AJ, Sheamus, and the Fiend to feed with, among others, from the Raw roster. Um, probably Sheamus because um, that seems to be the story they're setting up. I've actually really been liking the segments with Sheamus and McIntyre recently on Raw because it seems to be setting up a match between the two. Probably the Royal Rumble pay per view. Yeah, I like I like the segment they had on 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 Raw. I kind of, like you said, they're kind of foreshadowing that that feud, and I think that's their next direction. I mean, they can do it at TLC as well. Um, they can start it there. I don't know. It just it shouldn't be the first match to be a TLC match. So maybe they'll do the Randy Orton rematch there at TLC. Um, kind of just close the chapter on that book, and then like you said, you could do Drew and and Sheamus heading into the new year. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking as well. I'm thinking TLC. With as many people that they have in the WWE Championship picture right now, I'm thinking it's going to be McIntyre, Orton, which I don't want to see continue, but it's probably likely. McIntyre, Orton, um, The Fiend, and probably The Miz. I would have The Miz cash in, you know, formally at, at, at 
TLC. He probably won't. If not, just the triple threat. And then maybe McIntyre wins there and goes on to WrestleMania as champion. Um, and maybe you could do McIntyre and Sheamus at the Rumble to give that match some more time. I guess you could also do it at WrestleMania. It, it is a WrestleMania-worthy match. I don't know if it's the WWE title match they do. That's what I'm kind of skeptical about. Um, I guess we'll see. But I have really been digging the WWE title picture recently. For as played out as Orton and McIntyre is, they've done a very good job of incorporating some new faces into the picture. That being Sheamus, The Fiend, and um, The Miz. All recent additions from the SmackDown roster in recent weeks, which has been really well done. And again, the match was very good to boot. We also had the Raw Tag Team titles defended, the New Day taken on the Hurt Business, and a very good match. The New Day did emerge victorious, still the Raw Tag Team champions. Do you think this was the right result, Arjun? Do you expect the Hurt Business to win the belts eventually? Yeah, I think it was a really good match on Raw. I, I thought the Hurt Business was going to win. I think they protected them well. Um, I thought they kind of had, well, seemed like they had the match in the bag, and they kind of just lost at the very end. So I think they looked good in defeat. Definitely, will, I think they'll win the belts from the New Day. Um, but no, it's a really good match on Raw. Can't complain. Yeah, no, I thought it was very good. And those two matches were what highlight of the show this week. Um, Lana being put through a table, I could not give just two shits about anything with the women. I thought was just a complete waste of time on this show. Um, it just it just didn't really serve much of a purpose. We did find out that Lacey Evans and Peyton Royce will be replacing Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose on the Women's Raw Survivor Series team due to Nia Jax legitimately injuring Mandy Rose last week on the show. So that sucks for Mandy. Um, but other than that, though, I thought Raw was decent. You also had um, The Miz and Bray Wyatt have a match, and again, they're kind of embroiled in the WWE Champion picture right now. Is it is The Fiend a babyface? Like, do you really mind that they don't have a set, you know, a set character direction for him? Is he kind of fine just doing what he's doing right now? Yeah, I, I think it's fine. I, I feel like he's more of like a tweener anyways. Yeah, like... He's like a bad guy, but it can be like that kind of like that Kane vibe. Like he can yep. be bad or good. So him coming out as Bray Wyatt clearly is a face. I like what they're doing with them. Just keeping I like the Fiend and Alexa a lot. So just getting them on TV is good for me. Um, the match was what it was. Alexa taking out Morrison was kind of silly, but beside that, I thought it was fine and just keeps them on TV. Yeah, no, totally. I'm I'm really digging the Bliss and Wyatt stuff, and I'm glad that keeps uh, progressing on the show from week to week. So, I know this was your favorite part of the show. We had Retribution picking up their biggest win to date over the four-man team of Riddle, Keith Lee, Sheamus, and Braun Strowman. Does this change anything for Retribution, RJ? Absolutely not. I mean, everyone's, like, going crazy. Like, oh, my God, Retribution got this big win. Like, holy shit, they're going to be serious now. They won against a team that, like, was literally infighting. They were fighting against their own team, and then they just got lucky. Schoolboy even had tights and won. Like everyone's like, "Oh, they're big win." It's just like, it's like a backhanded compliment. It's like, "Oh, they won," but it's like they're the under like them winning was like less important than the other team fighting each other. So it just it's just stupid. And I just I'm over the group. I text we talked to this via text. I'm just so over this group. They just <laughs> lose the fucking mask. Lose the stupid face paint. Lose the fucking clunky camera angles that give me a fucking brain aneurysm every time they come out. Just, like, say that they were underutilized in NXT, they came to the main roster, wear regular gear, and just say you're a group. You don't need these stupid masks and stupid mannerisms. Just no one cares at this point. Just make them fucking normal. That's all I ask for. And maybe people will take them seriously. 
I just don't think there's any salvaging the group at this point. Uh, they're trying, and I give them credit for that. Um, I, I do like everyone involved in the group for the most part. I like Ali as the leader. I mean, the win was a nice step in the right direction, but it doesn't erase all the bad booking they've endured up to this point, and the bad names, and just the terrible... The camera angles are the worst. I mean, that, above anything else, really sets the tone for how shitty this stable is. But yeah, Retribution sucks. It's poopy. Um, they did win on Monday, but hopefully they are not long for the Monday Night Raw roster. Um, but speaking of shows that I thought were very good this week, we had the Wednesday Night Wars, as they're still being called, I guess, between NXT and Dynamite last night. Two very good shows, I thought. What were your overall uh, impressions, RJ? We haven't really discussed NXT and Dynamite since last night. What were your overall impressions of, of both shows before we break them down individually here? I thought they were both good. I think they had their ups and downs. I just thought they were pretty good shows. Nothing, nothing spectacular, but, I mean, some things tickled me, but... I thought some things were just kind of, yeah, so I did a lot of flip-flopping last night, tuned into the NBA draft a little bit, so, I mean, I thought it was, from what I saw, it was pretty good, but I did a lot of flip-flopping as well. Yeah, and I thought two quality shows, and speaking of the NBA draft, that was last night, what were your big takeaways from the NBA draft, RJ? Thought it was thought it was good, we'll see what happens, I mean, a lot of blue chippers coming out, Lamelo Ball, big, big name, um, his dad's a buffoon, but I think he's going to be pretty good, so... <laughs> We'll see what happens, but they need to speed this shit up. I don't have five hours to blow. I thought, was he the one that was in high school, or was that the youngest one? He, so he, like, was in high school. Then instead of going to college, he, like, went and played, like, uh, overseas. Okay. Well, I remember the name. I remember LaMelo. Is that the one that was drafted, or his brother? Yes. LaMelo. LaMelo got drafted. Okay, I remember I remember them from a couple of years ago. He was actually, LeVar Ball like, was on Raw for a very quick segment. It was just a complete train wreck. I don't know, you probably don't remember it, but they were on Raw about three years ago. It's on YouTube, just a complete fucking mess of a segment. But that's how I remember getting familiar with them, and I've, I've seen them in the news ever since then, because he plays up his kids a lot, and he's a master uh, master brander, so to speak. Is it the Laval, is it the Ball brand? What is it called? What's the brand called? Baseballer brand. Great baller brand, okay. Um, so that's something to keep an eye out for. I don't know if you saw this, but Bleach Report just tweeted this out a half an hour ago that Clay Thompson suffered a uh, season-ending Achilles tear per, um, I, I, I don't know his name, I don't know how you pronounce it. Who's the breaking news guy for ESPN? Adrian... Adrian Wojnarowski? Yes, 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 he broke that news. Oh, baby. What's going on with Clay? That's that's not good, he was just coming off, he didn't play all last year because he had an ACL injury from... Uh, <laughs> The 2018 uh, NBA Finals, so geez, out again, that stinks. Dude, are we getting robbed of prime clay here? What's going on? I mean, he's popping off with Steph Curry now that he's hurt again. I mean, that's not good. That sucks, too. He's like, in his, I think he's probably, he's probably like 26, 27, so I mean, those are usually like in the athlete years. Those are like your prime years, so we might be losing out on prime clay. It sounds like it. Who's more injury prone, clay or Luke Harper? Uh, Luke Harper or Randy Orton might be better. Uh, oof. I'd probably say, eh, yeah. Oh, actually, Clay's thirty. Damn, he's getting old. Yeah, this might be it for him. <laughs> Hopefully not. I remember reading a story about five years ago, and, and when Orton, I think he tore his shoulder or something. He was legit. Like I thought it was like one of those kayfabe news articles headlines. He was legit throwing up the trash, and he popped his shoulder out of his socket or something. Like, that's how bad his shoulder is. It's pretty fucked yeah, up. Yeah, he has, like, I think he has, like, a condition. I think he has, like, uh, something like, I'm trying to not immobile shoulder, but he has, like, I think he messaged when he was young, 
in the I know right in the when he came the WWE got hurt and hurt his shoulder. They showed his shoulder so many times. They get some condition that like makes him more prone to shoulder injuries. But like you said, he's had so many times like throwing up. I know that story. He threw out the trash. I think he like slipped and fell one time in ice and hurt his shoulder. I mean. Mm-hmm. Crazy, but yeah, very injury-prone. Very injury-prone. So we get to NXT from Wednesday, which, again, I thought was a very good show overall. We have your favorite, Leon Ruff, the new NXT North American champion. We had the follow-up from last week. There was a rematch for the championship at the very beginning of the show here, which made me worried that they were going to give the belt right back to Johnny Gargano, which I think would have been a massive waste. Like, to even do it in the first place, yeah, it was a cool moment. You don't need to put the belt right back on him. I would run with it for a little while. And the initial impression coming out of last week's show was that it was done as a joke to put the belt on on Ruff. Thankfully, it did not come across that way on this show. Um, there were a lot of reports from people like Dave Meltzer, and maybe it was Fightful. I don't remember exactly what, what source it was, but they were implying that, oh, it was done as a joke. It wasn't done to make a star out of Leon Ruff. Not that he's an automatic star, but it was better than having him just lose the championship right back to Gargano here. He did retain the title all, you know, via Damian Priest striking him intentionally. So Ruff is still the champion. They had a very good segment later on of the show with Gargano attacking Priest. They're brawling. Ruff comes in. They all kind of go after each other. Ruff is the last man standing as he escapes. And he demanded William Regal later on for a match against both guys, probably for that championship at some point. I would assume a takeover. Uh, so what were your thoughts on the progression of the NXT North American Championship picture, RJ? So I think it's good. I mean... I thought Ruff winning it, I don't know, at first I thought it was going to be a good idea, but now they're kind of like making the guy feel like a joke, so then I'm kind of like on the other side of it, I'm like, if you're going to do it, like, make it serious, like, they, I don't know, like, him, like, I don't know, it's, and he's just kind of like, it's just like we were talking before, it was, he's like, kind of like in the Keith Lee, he's like the Keith Lee of the Randy Orange Drew feud, like, he's in it, but like, the main focus is Damian and Johnny, and he's just kind of intertwined, yeah, he's a champion, but like, He's kind of like the afterthought. And the way that they're treating him is kind of like that, too. Like, he won last night because of the DQ. And then fucking Priest threw the belt around his neck like a loser. And, like, he was fumbling all over the place. Like, yeah, he slapped Damien, uh, Damien backstage and got involved later in the night. But I just, I don't know. If you're going to push this guy, make him credible. Don't just make him seem like another fucking jack-off. Do you think he escapes War Games still the NXT North American champion? Or does the belt go back to Priest or Gargano? Um... If they're going to keep treating this guy like a joke, I hope Priest wins it back. But um, uh, I, I think they might just keep doing it like the guy's a goof, so they might keep the title on him. But if, if they're going to keep him, like I said, being like a joke or a jabroni, I, I would take the title right off him. Well, speaking of jokes, that's kind of what the Grimes and Loomis feud has become between Dexter Loomis and Cameron Grimes. I really like the Haunted House of Terror match. The blindfold match I thought had potential. This was just a complete fucking waste. It wasn't really much of a match. Um, the blindfolds never really came into play at any point because they ended up taking the blindfolds off after the referee got knocked out. There was a ref bump. Grimes took his the, the, the blindfold off. Loomis took the bag off of his head, so he wasn't blindfolded anymore. They fought. They walked over to the back. They brawled to the back, and that was it. There wasn't even an official match announcement as to what happened with this fucking match. I thought this was easily the worst part of the entire show. Yeah, this was terrible. Um, I like Grimes a lot. Pre, uh, not Priest. Uh, Loomis is just kind of eh. I don't really love his character. It's kind of just kind of like weird, but yeah, they're just making Grimes look like a freaking baby. I just I don't know. I know his character, like the way he comes off, he it's kind of like cowardly heel, but like the whole like he's afraid of him, and like you said, they took the mask right off, and then he just escaped, and ran back. Like nothing ever was like concluded. So it is what it is. But yeah, I would definitely say that was one of the, one of the down points for 
for NXT last night? Not very good. I mean, I, I was hoping the feud was over after that Haunted House of Terror match. And I'm fine with it continuing as long as they do it right. And this is not how you do it. If they're going to pick up the dumbest stipulations possible, I can only imagine what might be next. Um, but this was not it, Chief. This was not it. We did have the initial or the first ever teaming of Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell on the show, taking on and beating the duo of Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro. Good match here. I thought Indy Hartwell looked very good. She has a lot of potential, I think. I really like the idea of more women's tag teams in NXT because hopefully at some point, if Nia, uh, if Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler want to be bothered to come back to NXT, they could face any number of teams between Carter and Catanzaro, LeRae and Hartwell, and even um, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez if they wanted to. Yeah, this match was pretty good for what it was. Um, I like Casey a lot. I think Caden has a lot of potential as well. I think that this match was good. I just never thought the outcome was ever in doubt. Obviously, Indy and Candice were going to win here, kind of get their momentum going still. So, for what it was, it was good. And like you said, I think more tag teams in NXT hopefully can replenish that women's tag team division that seems to be virtually dead. Arturo Ruas was back in NXT this week. So, he was drafted a Raw a month ago, as part of the supplemental quote-unquote draft, um, after, I think, night two, I'm pretty sure was when they drafted him during Raw Talk. He was supposed to be part of the Raw brand, as was Babatunde, or whatever the fuck his name is now, uh, Dabakato. Neither have appeared on Raw. They're not even on main event. I watch main event. They haven't even appeared on main event. So I'm not even really sure why they were eligible to be drafted, um, or even been selected by Raw. Why not just have them go undrafted and then keep them in NXT? Maybe the thought was, oh, we'll bring back Raw Underground at some point. It's not coming back anytime soon, if ever. So I just thought that was weird. And they made no mention of him, by the way, on this show of him being a Raw superstar. I don't believe anyway. Maybe I was maybe I'm wrong. But if he was on Raw, he wouldn't be in NXT, I don't think. So it didn't even matter. He got the jobber entrance. He was quickly beaten. And what I thought it was it was a pretty good match with Kushida. Um Kushida continues to pick up victories. What's the next step for him? He's beaten Kush he's beaten. Velveteen Dream, obviously. Um, he won that triple threat with both Dream and Tommaso Ciampa a couple of weeks ago. It looked like they were grooming him for a shot at the NXT Championship at some point against Finn Balor. And that could still end up being the matchup with War Games coming up, Finn Balor being back on this show. What's the next step for Kushida in NXT? Yeah, I'm not quite sure. They they have been building him up a lot, which is nice. But like you said, they've kind of relied on their big-time players recently a lot, so... Kushida finally getting that push is nice. Um, they definitely. Um, who else would really contend against Finn? I guess at Finn War Zones or War Games. So if he's still if he's ready to compete and he can wrestle on that show, I think him and Kushida makes sense. I don't I don't know anyone else at this point who would make sense. So uh, I would do him and Kushida. I don't think Kushida would win, um, but definitely keep keep uh, Finn busy at least for the moment. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad he's maintaining momentum in the meantime. Um, a lot like Tony Storm and Ember Moon, they teamed up on this show against Dakota Kai Raquel Gonzalez. Another very good match. Uh, Tony kind of seemed to be lost in the shuffle of it. Ember Moon has at least been feeding with Dakota. Tony Storm has kind of bounced around from facing, I think she took on Aaliyah or someone like that a couple of weeks ago. She faced Shotzi. She faced Candice last week and lost. Um, she was in action here with Ember against Dakota and Raquel. They won in what I thought was a good match. The bigger story here is that Candice and Indy came out afterward to attack Tony Storm and Ember. So it looks like we're being set up for an NXT, another NXT Women's War Games match in a couple of weeks. And listen, I think that's cool. They have a lot of talent involved. This one just feels completely thrown together, though. I know, first of all, War Games being announced two weeks before it's supposed to happen is completely abrupt and random, and that, I think, is a mistake. 
If they knew the takeover was probably happening in a couple weeks, they should have announced this show a fucking month ago, or at least by Halloween Havoc. To do it two weeks in advance is not enough time to prepare at all. So now we're left with not one, which we'll get to the other War Games match in a moment, which is fine, but this one just feels completely random, despite the talent involved and how good it might be. So who's supposed to be in this women's t- women's War Games? So Shotzi, I think, is the captain. She did a promo backstage, which I forgot to mention. Now, I know the feud here is between Shotzi and Candice, but it's not like Shotzi's feuding with Raquel and Dakota. So they haven't announced the Women's War Games match. It's just made very clear that's probably the direction they're going and based on Candice and Indy coming out here. So it looks like two teams of four, it's going to be Dakota and Raquel and Indy and Candice versus Tony, Ember, Shotzi, maybe EO? Maybe? I mean, I'm not really sure what else you do with EO. She beat Rhea Ripley on the show. And they don't really have any other ready-made contenders for her to face at the next takeover, so maybe maybe EO's involved? I'm not really sure. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think the whole... I, I think all the, wars, the War Games um, papers they've had have been good, but I just it's starting to get like the WWE, oh, it's November, December, time for War Games, like... They don't really meet like the first couple times they did. They actually like built the feuds up and it kind of meant something. Now I feel like they're just forcing it at this point. Like, oh, it's December and November time for war games. So, I think the men's one's been built well. So I'm not. I don't really. I think that one's been very do- well done. So I don't have any complaint with that. But the women just seems completely forced at this point. The whole feud, like you said, has been around Shotzi and Candace. So why are you just lumping all these other random women in it? I know obviously Tony and Ember have had their problems with Dakota and Raquel, but, I mean, for War Games, this seems very random. And then, like you said, what do you do with EO? Maybe, maybe she's the fourth team member because she just beat Rhea, but, I don't know, it just seems completely, com- like, I'm completely forced. It just de- doesn't seem necessary. It doesn't, it, it absolutely is not necessary. Now, if they wanted to do, like, an eight-woman elimination tag team match, Survivor Series style, I'd be fine with that, but it seems to be that it would be in War Games, unless they're all going to be in, like, a fucking gauntlet for a number one contenders match, but... That doesn't appear to be the direction they're headed in, so I have no idea. Um, but yeah, so speaking of war games, that one is yet to be made official. They did make the men's one official later on in the show, after the show actually, um, in a backstage, not a backstage video, but like a post-show exclusive video on their YouTube channel on WWE.com. It's going to see, obviously, the heel stable of uh, Pat McAfee, Pete Dunne, Oni Lorcan, and Danny Burch taking on the returning Undisputed Era. I thought the angle to close out the show on the show was great. Um, the closing angle to close out the show I thought was fantastic. We had Finn Balor out there kind of addressing his condition. Never really said that he would be back soon, but he didn't relinquish the championship, so that was a plus. But, um, yeah, I thought the entire final half hour of the show, or at least the final few minutes, I thought were really, really well done. And now we have a War Games official for uh, early December. Yeah, this, this feud's been great. I, I love the McAfee group. It's still completely random. You have one. You have this English football player... Also with these British guys, completely random, but you know what? They're making it work, so I can't complain. <laughs> yeah. uh, Undisputed Era coming back. I mean, I, if there was a crowd, the pop would have been fucking unreal. Mm-hmm. So, been like addressing them and kind of like saying, "Oh, well, they're back." I just, I mean, I marked out my bed, so I could only imagine what it would have been like if crowd was there. So, mm-hmm. um, this has been built well. I think it's just like the past war games with the men. I think they've all been built pretty well, so I think it'd be a good match. I think this probably marked the first time that we've seen all of Undisputed Era together in a couple of months, honestly, because Adam Cole's basically been out since TakeOver 31 when he was taken out by Ridge Holland. I don't think we've seen him since. That was a month and a half ago. Prior to that point, Kyle O'Reilly was doing his own thing. Fish and Strong were doing their own thing. 
I don't think we've seen them as a, together as a group since before TakeOver 30, which would have been over the summer, which made that moment that much bigger. And maybe that's why they did keep them apart, was so their eventual reunion on this show would mean that much more. Um, but I would have to assume this does mark the group as official babyfaces, right? Yeah, they're definitely babyfaces. Yeah, it was a great angle. So Finn Balor, we'll see what's going on with him. It's it's good that he doesn't have to relinquish the championship, or so we assume, unless something changes. So that's good. Um, finally from NXT, NXT Women's Championship match, Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai preceded the final main event segment. This was given a ton of time, fantastic match. My only real regret was that it didn't happen at a takeover. Uh, if you have takeover in two weeks, I'm not really sure why they wouldn't have saved it, especially if they don't have any other plans for Io. But I thought this was a fantastic piece of business. They've had other matches before, um, maybe in the Mae Young Classic, definitely on NXT TV earlier this year, and they just weren't as good as they could have been. Um, just due to non-finishes and shit like that, but EO picking up the clean win here. Rhea was great. EO's been on fire. She's had a great reign as NXT Women's Champion, just banger after banger after banger, this one being no exception. And it, it felt like a swan song for Rhea Ripley from NXT. Yeah, definitely. This this was a great match. I enjoyed it a lot. They got a lot of time. Um, they've worked great together, so, I mean, I think the only reason they put on TV, you know, trying to get that ratings bump, I mean... Why else would you put it on TV? I think that's kind of the stone reason you put it on TV. That's what the, I've seen rumors on why they're doing Moxley and Omega on TV. Just get that ratings bump. Mm-hmm. But, um, no, it's a great match. I love the ending. Like, Rhea went through the table. You know, she's sliding back in last second just to beat that 10 count. She rolls in, gets hit with the moonsault one, two, three. I just, the chef's kiss on that, I thought that was done very well. And, uh, they embraced after. And, like you said, I think, I think that's probably the last we see of Rhea in, uh, NXT. Do you think we see Rhea at Survivor Series? Team SmackDown still needs two more women. Uh, I mean, that would be pretty neat, huh? I think it'd be cool. I feel like it would be <laughs> it would be weird for her to go from like, oh, I bleed NXT to like, oh, I'm representing SmackDown on Sunday. Like, it just thank God NXT's not involved. I guess in that respect, because that would be so fucking random. Um, but I mean, they, you know what? Chelsea Green almost qualified last week. It seemed like she was about to qualify. What were your thoughts in the main roster debut? Pretty abrupt of uh, Chelsea Green before she got hurt last week. It was nice. It was nice to see her on TV. I, I mean, they have done nothing with her. Um, definitely sucks she got hurt. I mean, like, that's just unreal. I just feel bad for her. But, you know, I think she'll come back and be stronger than before. So, we'll see. I just, hopefully they utilize her correctly. I, I don't think she's the greatest. Oh, people clamoring her for to be all over TV. I, I'll, I'll pump the brakes on that. I think she's, she's good, not great. I think she could have used probably some more time in NXT, but... Um, yeah, just it's just a very unfortunate situation for her. No, I completely agree to you on Chelsea Green, where she's a good get for the main roster. They need more women. I feel like they need her more than NXT does. But from a developmental standpoint, I think she could have used more time down there. She's been down there for at least a year or two now. I mean, she hasn't improved a lot. I mean, a lot of those fucking whatever the hell you call it, the kill switch that she does, oh my God, it's terrible. Or the un- the unprettier, I'm sorry. She, she calls it the unprettier. Christian was calling the end prettier than he changed it, whatever. But, um, you know, she's been doing that, and it looks just atrocious. She, like, jumps up in the air. Her matches just aren't the greatest, so I, I agree. I think she could have used more time down in NXT. Uh, but it was good to see her on SmackDown, and hopefully she heals up quick enough, and she'll be back at some point in the not-too-distant feature. But I thought Wednesday was actually a really good night for women's wrestling between Rhea and um, Rhea and Io. We had three women's matches on the show on NXT. And then you flip on over to Dynamite, and that Serena Deeb and Thunder Rose had one of the better women's matches AEW has ever done, although it was for the NWA Women's World Championship. It was still a great match. I thought that was just a uh, a terrific piece of business there. 
Yeah, good match here. Um, I ha- luckily had happened to flip back on to AEW and saw this match in full. I thought thought it was great. Um, Serena's really good, and so is Thunder Rosa. Like the direction they're going with Thunder and Britt, kind of get Britt more involved. Um, so, I mean, like, no complaints here. I, I thought it definitely was a good segment for them. Yeah, I'm glad Britt Baker was involved, too. So she did cost Thunder the championship. She is not Thunder Rosa, that is, officially in her contract AEW, but it is nice they're using her in the meantime. Um, I think just because she's still with the NWA, so they can't officially sign her, but it does look like she's not going to WWE, which is uh, probably a plus. But yeah, I thought this was really good. I like the idea of a Britt Baker-Serena Deep feud. Um, I figured Britt Baker would be Hakura Shida's next challenger, um, but that's actually not the case. We're actually getting Shida and Anna Jay for the AEW Women's Championship next week. Is it safe to say that um, she is holding on to that gold next week. Yeah, it's completely random. I know I'm I'm a little kind of warming up to Sarah J a little bit. I mean, <laughs> she she's starting to get me a little bit, but I mean, I just think she's still very green and still has a lot more to go than. I mean, she shouldn't be contending for the title anytime soon. I just I haven't really I couldn't even tell you the last time I saw her in a match. Maybe she's been uh, a, a mainstay on Dark. I usually don't watch that program because it's trash, but um. No, I, I thought seeing Sarah J last night, getting her saying that she's getting a title shot next week, seemed pretty random, but we'll see. I think she has a lot a lot of learning still to do. I really like Ty Conti. I mean, I still don't think she's ready for a title shot, so we'll see what happens. She needs more credible needs more credible opponents. I, I think Britt Baker would make the most sense at this point, but if you're not going to take the belt right off her, then don't just have her just don't feed Britt to her. So. We'll see what happens. I think Britt is in their plans probably to be the one to beat Cheetah, which I think should be the one to beat Cheetah. I think she was destined, it seemed, to be the first champion as a babyface. I think I think she should have won it. I, I mean, I still, in retrospect, think she should have won it before Rio, but I think the crowd kind of soured on her because they felt like she was like the hand-picked, like, white meat mm-hmm. baby women's like they, they She just felt like she was the chosen one. Yep. But everything they did, so I feel like the crowd had turned on her. She wasn't really getting those baby face kind of reactions. They kind of switched her heel. I think that's done a lot for her. They clearly have a lot of time investment. She has a lot of segments involved each week. So I think she'll be the one that beat Cheetah, but we'll see how Sarah J looks next week. <laughs> the good old Sarah J. Now, she's won only four matches, and they said she's already ranked five. She, they said she was ranked in the top five, so apparently if you're five in the rankings, then you get a title shot. I guess that's how it works. The power rankings are just a complete fucking waste. I really wish they would just get rid of them. It's just a total joke. Uh, but we do have that to look forward to next week. Now, did you catch the Inner Circle in Las Vegas segments? So dumb. I know. I knew you'd like them. I thought they were literally so dumb. It didn't progress anything. It no, it didn't. Like, I agree with that. I enjoyed them, but it I didn't progress like, anything. It was watching The Hangover again, yep. less funny, and 10 years ago. Like, <laughs> 10 years later. Like, it just... It didn't do... It was, I knew that's what it was going to be. I knew it was going to be slap and tickle... Like, just, like, <laughs> jokes, and it just didn't, do, like, I saw your review, and like you said, it didn't progress anything. I guess, like, if, I, I just really didn't even find it that entertaining, honestly. Like, they did the whole hangover thing, like, and just, it did nothing, it didn't progress anything, it didn't really even tease any more tension, it just kind of was just there. Like, oh, like, Jim Ross, like, we had, like, I know the second, when they came back from, like, the hangover parody, he didn't even know what to say. He was just like, oh, like getting crazy in Vegas, some stupid, like, throwaway line that you know he just, like, had no fucking clue what to say. I just thought they were just a waste, it was just a waste of time, didn't progress anything, and just, 
don't know. Less goofy MGF, the better in my books. I just... The, the whole group's a fucking joke. I just, I don't know. It did nothing for me. What, you didn't pop for uh, Swoggle at the end there instead of the baby? <laughs> I mean, I might have. That probably was the only thing I laughed at. <laughs> like, the whole Elvis thing was stupid. I just, I thought it was just a waste of a segment, but that's just me. I will say this. It was cool seeing Conan. Um, just because they have, he, I think that was his official debut on the show, and obviously he has history with Santana and Ortiz from LAX. He brought them into Impact three years ago, so I thought that was pretty cool. I was fucking waiting for for Mike Tyson to show up because he lives in Vegas, I'm pretty sure, and they never followed up on the on the Jericho Tyson thing. I guess it would be kind of weird if they had that big brawl and then the next time we see them together is in a dumbass segment on Dynamite. But if they were really gonna recreate Hangover, they should have had Mike Tyson do something, just given his history with Jericho. Um, just I mean, I don't know. I mean, he was he was a big part of that movie. I mean, I know his role was very short lived, but that's what a lot of people remember from that movie. And like you said, it was ten years ago. But again, I think it's more a matter of preference. I enjoyed it for what it was, but yeah, you're right, absolutely right when you say that it didn't progress anything. We did get some progression in the Death Triangle Eddie Kingston storyline. Pack beat the Blade, and as um the Butcher Blade and Kingston were about to attack Pack, right Phoenix came out. And then Pentagon, who officially realigned with Pac and, and Phoenix, his brother. So we have the Death Triangle back in AEW, and I believe their name is La Muerte de... I think it's Triangulo de la Muerte, or something like that. I'm not sure how you say triangle in, in Spanish. For someone who took Spanish for six or seven years, I, I don't remember, which is sad. Um, but I know Muerte is, is dead. Uh, death, whatever. So I thought this was well done. I think the Blade got in a little too much offense for a return match for Pac. But I thought it looked good in defeat, though. It was a good match. And I like what we saw afterwards. So we are going to get, at some point, I would have to assume, the Death Triangle versus Kingston and the Butcher and the Blade. And now it makes a lot more sense. Because I was pooping on this. I know you were, too, for a while. When they put Kingston with the Lucha Bros and Butcher and Blade. I'm like, why the fuck are they doing that? Like, it just it makes no sense to have them manage two different tag teams. I just thought that was stupid. But I think they did that on purpose. Because they were always going to have the Lucha Bros realigned with Pack to build to a six-man tag team feud. So I actually really liked that a lot, and I think what they did here I thought was very well done. Yeah, for what it was, I guess it was alright. I mean, the match was way too long, way too competitive. This should have been a five-minute Pack. Like, Blade gets very little offense and Pack just kicks his ass. I understand what you're saying when they're like, you said that, like, at first we were like, why the fuck would you do it? And then they're like, probably like playing the seats for the future. Just like, I don't know. I just I, I'm not clamoring for this for their six man tag with between these three guys, these six guys. I just I like Kingston, Butcher, and Blade do legit nothing for me. Um, Pack and Lucha Bros. I like them a lot, but it just it's nothing. It's not like something that I'm like, oh my god, I need to see the six man. Like it is what it is. Just, I don't know. I just the Butcher and Blade have just been a fucking joke since coming to AEW. So I've honestly give two shits about them. I mean, they're coming off a loss in the bunkhouse match. They lost to the Young Bucks a couple of months ago, so it's not exactly like they have a lot of credibility. I just don't really care about the tag team personally. They're good in the ring, but as characters, I mean, they don't really speak. We don't really know much about them at all. I just I just don't care. Um, but yeah, I know I like the progression of the feud. I can't say I'm clamoring to see the six-man, but it's a fine undercard feud. And the company already has a lot of other trios and tag teams and stables including Team Taz, which now has added a new member in Will Hobbs exactly as I expected, because Will Hobbs never actually went after um, Brian Cage and, and Ricky Starks in recent weeks. They extended the invitation. He never declined it. He never accepted it. 
which told me, okay, they're dragging this out because he's going to eventually join, and that's exactly what happened yesterday when Will Hobbs turned on Darby Allen and Cody Rhodes. And I thought it was a good match. Brian Cage pinning Ricky, uh, not Ricky Starks, Darby Allen in their tag team match with uh, Team Taz versus Rhodes and Allen, presumably earning himself a future shot at that TNT title. And now Will Hobbs is with Team Taz. I know it's a move that you weren't in full favor of, RJ, but what were your takeaways from that uh, from that main event slash aftermath afterward? No, I thought I thought from what I, for, I not that I was against it. I just I, know, I didn't think it was definitely necessary. I, I kind of like Taz. I just like the dynamic of the three of them, Taz, Starks, and Cage. But I kind of figured when they, like you said, they gave him the invitation to join Team Taz. He never declined or accepted it. Never attacked them. It kind of like lit the door open that like he probably will join. Which happened last night. Just I mean, I like him. I just think he's just extremely green. So we'll see what happens. Maybe just being in the group will get him on TV more and maybe help him out in the ring a little bit and just give him more notoriety. Um, I mean, he still lost to Orange Cassidy in five seconds. I st- I st- I'm never going to get to that. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. We'll see if they can eventually get that stench off the guy. But I, I just see him, and I just think of him getting Superman punched and beaten in five seconds. So that- we'll see what happens. That was me for a long time, but I think that's starting to slowly fade off for me just the longer, the far, the farther away that we get from it and the more that he appears on Dynamite doing other stuff outside of the squashes, the less I think of that stuff. But it's it's going to take a little bit more than this to escape that stench because that was pretty fucking bad. Uh, Orange Cassidy did beat Kip Sabian on the show, who gives a shit. That was probably the worst part about this show to me. The match was fine. I just don't give a shit about this feud. Uh, we're probably getting best friends versus Miro and Sabian at some point. If they didn't, if they didn't announce it for next week, it's probably happening in the next couple of weeks. Um, again, I just, I just don't really care. We were supposed to get the contract signing between Moxley and Omega. Never really came to be. Moxley got attacked beforehand, presumably by Omega, but it was never made clear. Um, he did come out with the glasses, wearing the jacket. They called him the cleaner. So heel Omega is upon us. It's coming very, very soon. It's on the horizon. And, uh, I mean, again, I was I was looking forward to the contract signing. We didn't get it. There's still a couple of more weeks. I think they have one more week, actually, before they do the match. They have one more, you know, one more chance to face off next week before the match in two weeks. So hopefully they do something next Wednesday to kind of hype it up a little bit better than they did last night. Um, but I think the biggest news coming, coming out of all of this was that John Moxley just kind of casually dropped in his pre-match promo, or the promo backstage beforehand, that his wife, aka Renee Young from WWE, the former Renee Young, is pregnant. She's expecting, uh, she's expecting a baby. I don't know when. I don't know how far along she is, but I thought that was super cool. Yeah, big news. I saw that on the, I saw that on Twitter actually. I didn't actually see it on the show. Saw it on the Twitterverse. Um, good for them. Um, made me think of Becky. Then I saw the maternity pictures. Wow, looks great still. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say. And then I just thought of like how much better this year would have been if she was still wrestling. Oh, just mm-hmm. like that huge, just a huge, uh, just kind of like mental thinking of what this year could have been. But no, congrats to them. I mean, um, now that she's not with WWE doing like that hectic schedule, she has time to be a mother. So seems like the perfect timing, and uh, can't can't hate on that. Yeah, I think it was cool too because yesterday, November eighteenth, actually marked the exact eight year anniversary since the Shield debuted in WWE at Survivor Series. So not only is Becky expecting her first kid with Seth Rollins next month, but Renee Young has also announced that she's pregnant with another former member of the Shield. So it looks like all three former Shield members are going to be fathers pretty soon. Yep, that's pretty crazy. I know Roman already has a kid, but yeah, yeah I, I think mean... One or two, I think at least one daughter, I'm pretty sure. Or no, he actually just had twins a couple of months ago. They might actually, they all had either kids or announced they were having kids in 2020. So if this year was good for anything, it's good for that. 
So we also had the Young Bucks versus Top Flight for the AEW World Tag Team titles. I'm pretty sure they were on the line here. Good match. I think I saw your tweet, and I'm pretty sure it was in reference to, to this match. You called it a spot fest. What were your thoughts on this one, RJ? No, 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 no. I did not call it a spot fest. I said, I said is this a wrestling match or gymnastics meet? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I knew Jason would like that. That's what it know, was. It was just... If this, was a, if this happened 10, 15 years ago, I feel like I would have liked it. Like, as a young kid, like, I was always into, like, the high flying and, like, the whole like just spots and just like now i'm just like yeah like i i think the te- the other team on top flight was their name top flight yep yeah i think they're very impressive athletically i mean they did a bunch of tricks i mean they 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 can move but it just it's just it felt like just another young bucks match with on steroids like just moves for just doing moves like flip flopping around and just i don't know it's just not my cup of tea anymore I just, like i said 10 15 years ago i probably would have went crazy for it because i just was like oh my god like all the high flying like i said they're amazingly athletic i mean that they, they were doing flip flops and like i said doing all these new tricks and things i've ever even seen before but just felt more like a gymnastics meet than a uh, wrestling match i enjoyed it for what it was at least top flight looked good in defeat and i expect the hybrid two to get soundly defeated by the young bucks when the time comes for it yeah i mean these the, I, I like the hybrid two. i mean from their lucha days but i mean they're like the resident jobbers of AEW, so I guess, I guess they're getting back on TV, but, I mean, they ain't winning shit, so <laughs> it's, it is what it is. I just, I don't know, I, I think they've been done dirty since, they've probably been the worst treated since AEW started. They, I just, I don't, couldn't even tell you the last time they won a fucking map, so maybe yeah. on Dark. But on Dark, yeah, but that's about it. Oh, easily on Dark, but, like, anything that have any substance or matter, I just... Don't think I've seen it. Don't think I've seen it. They lost. I think they lost the best friends when we went to double or nothing. And I couldn't tell you. I couldn't even tell you another match they've even had yeah. since then. Yeah, they've been here since day one, and they have not been bucked well at all. But I know that's kind of the issue you run into when you have so many tag teams. But I, I know they were also gone due to the, they were also gone due to the pandemic earlier this year. But still, I mean, these guys should be more prominent on the show than they are. And this is a step in the right direction. But. For as many wins as they've picked up on Dark, which isn't many, some recently, but not a, not a lot overall, they have not won, I don't think, any matches on Dark, or I'm sorry, Dynamite, ever, as far as I'm concerned. I know they faced FTR for the tag titles about a month ago. I can't tell you a match they've had on Dynamite that they won since the debut of Dynamite a year ago, so that's a problem. But we transition now into Survivor Series preview and predictions for Sunday night. We got six matches on the card. Um, I'm looking forward to it again. It's not a show I'm extremely excited for. I, th- I feel like it's one of those pay-per-views where, and this has been the case with a lot of WWE shows. I can't tell you the last WWE show I was super excited for. Although even like SummerSlam, the build wasn't that great, but it ended up being one of, if not the best pay-per-view all year. Um, Clash of Champions was all right. Hell in the Cell had its moments. This might be another show where the build hasn't really been that great, but it might end up being a very, very good show. Now, they are advertising The Undertaker's final farewell. We talked about this last week, but to kind of double down on that, um, any additional thoughts on whether this will or will not be the final farewell for the Phenom in WWE, RJ? Um, I hope so. I mean, it's, I don't know. I, maybe, like, as, like, an official, like, just, like, done, done. But, I mean, I, he'll keep coming back. So it's not like this is a final farewell, but maybe just, like, in a wrestling capacity. Like I said, I don't, I don't really want to see him wrestle, but... I mean, maybe can squash some loser. Who knows? But maybe he can beat up Elias. I don't know. But I just, 
I, I, he'll always be there. So it's not like a final, final farewell, but hopefully his like in ring days are, are done. Yeah. Hopefully those are, uh, well over and past us, but I, I'm looking forward to seeing what he has to say, how it's handled. Hopefully it comes out in either his debut attire or some sort of special entrance. Um, I remember, it's, <laughs> I'm sure you remember this. Remember it's survivor series five years ago for the 25th anniversary of taker. And, uh, they did that great entrance with all the different versions of him and stuff. I thought it was just phenomenal. But the actual match, they literally just outright buried the Wyatt family. Remember that? And they just never recovered? I mean, I'll never forget them burying the Wyatt family. I just <laughs> That will see. <laughs> I remember, like, we're just like, well, we don't even use the word that much, but, yep, they're buried. Like, Kane <laughs> Undertaker beat Wyatt, I think, Harper in, like, five minutes. <laughs> yeah, like, it was... And it was then, then Wyatt family got zero offense, and it was like the most ridiculous thing ever. Then they expected us to care about them beating the ECW originals at the TLC pay per view that we went to like a month later. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that they faced those bums there. Yeah, crazy. Good times. So anyway, back to Survivor Series. We got six matches here. I don't know how this is gonna work if they if they split the wins. Um, usually they have seven matches because I feel like sometimes they have like a tag team elimination match. And I know that's what the elimination, elimination matches are, but I'm talking about like five tag teams versus five other tag teams. And I don't think they're doing that just because they don't, they don't have enough fucking tag teams to do that from either brand, which is why they're not doing that. So I, I don't know what's going to happen if they split it down the middle. I feel like it might be four and two or another clean sweep for Raw. I, I don't know. I, I know for a fact that SmackDown has not won a Survivor Series in like four or five fucking years. I don't know if they've ever won. Because that first year in 2016, they weren't really counting wins and stuff. They, I know they won the elimination match that year, but Raw won in 2017. It was a clean sweep for Raw in 2018. And then NXT won last year. So I feel like I feel like SmackDown has got to win this year, right? Yeah, I, I feel like they kind of realize that SmackDown's the A show at this point. I mean, they get better ratings, seems like the better show. SmackDown should get the big win this year. I hope so. So we'll start at the bottom and work our way up. Bobby Lashley versus Sami Zayn, Intercontinental Champion versus United States Champion. They had that terrible feud two years ago when we were at Money in the Bank. Um, Bobby Lashley versus Sami Zayn, or m- let me be more specific, Bobby Lashley and his sisters versus Sami Zayn. God, that feud sucked. Thankfully, this has been a lot better. Um, I really don't have any a lot of high hopes for the match. It could be good, but they're both heels, so I'm not really expecting a lot out of this. I'm starting with it just because it's the least intriguing match on the show for me, but Bobby is just, uh, I feel like he's the bigger star right now, and uh, I'm going to put Bobby Lashley over Sami Zayn. Yeah, I think Bobby, like you said, Bobby's definitely the bigger star right now. Um, he can use the win more. I, I like Sammy, but he's got like that like little cowardly, pesky heel, so him winning here, I don't think it's necessary. I think Lashley winning could kind of continue to tell the story that the Hurt Business is like a big deal and they're dominant, so I, I would get the win to, to Lashley here. Raw Tag Team Champions versus SmackDown Tag Team Champions. The New Day is Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods taking on the Street Profits. First time ever. Um, I'm looking forward to this. This should be a great match. I like both teams a lot. The New Day are established enough to the point where they don't need this win, I feel like. They've won enough at Survivor Series before. They don't need this win. I feel like the Profits have... Uh, not, not that they have to go over here, but I feel like that would be the better option. So uh, I'm picking the Street Profits in this one. Profits, they they need to win more. Like you said, New Day are so established. A lot, another loss on their record won't mean anything. So, profits that could be a big win for them and make them seem like they're a bigger deal on SmackDown. They, they haven't really done much on SmackDown so, yet since been drafting there. So, getting a big win over New Day, um, I think they could do a, do a lot for them. 
We go from a first-time-ever match to a match we've seen at least four or five times over this point, but they've always worked well together, so I'm looking forward to it nonetheless. Asuka, Raw Women's Champion versus Sasha Banks, the SmackDown Women's Champion. Now, Asuka has beaten Sasha almost every time. I know Sasha beat her for the Raw Women's Championship earlier this year. I think that was the only time that Sasha ever beat her, but that was via countout. She's never actually pinned Asuka in like a one-on-one -on -one match, maybe in a tag team match earlier this year, but in a singles match, she's never beaten her. Asuka beat her at... Um, on Raw early in 2018, their Extreme Rules match back in July was like a no contest or something. Sasha beats her by countout. Asuka beats her again at SummerSlam and then again the next night on Raw. Sasha has never formally defeated Asuka one-on-one. -on -one. I think it's got to happen here. Asuka is just a complete afterthought right now. Um, she's beaten Sasha Banks enough. Sasha Banks is the one with the real momentum in the moment. Coming off the Mandalorian, she's the women's champion. Great match with Bailey last month at Hell in a Cell. She's feuding with Carmella. Unless Carmella costs her the win, which would be fucking dumb, um, and they, they don't really do that for the brand supremacy stuff anyway, I, I feel like this has got to be a Sasha Banks win here. Yeah, I think I, I think you can have Sasha win here. Like I said, she hasn't really beat Asuka at all. Um, Sasha's definitely the bigger deal at this point. Asuka, unfortunately, at this point has been an absolute, like you said, afterthought. No one even cares about Asuka at this point. Um, she's barely been on the show. It just I, I Sasha should win here. If, if Carmella's going to get involved, have Sasha get her win, and then Carmella can just beat her up after. And then Carmella can take the spotlight and then continue that feud. Which I, I have enjoyed a lot. I mean, I'm not the biggest Carmella fan, but from, from this new repackaging, I just, I don't know, it's just, it's, I think it's just giving it some, giving me a feud for the women's title that's a little bit different is definitely something I like. And it's new because they've kept doing these, like, rehash feuds. How many times did we see fucking Bailey and Sasha versus Oscar on Raw? Mm -hmm. A bazillion times. Like, and we saw Bailey just bury the rest of the women's division. So, <laughs> yeah. a new face, it's nice, and Sasha's champion's great as well. So, I, I, I would say Sasha wins here. And they've never actually done Sasha Banks and Carmella one-on-one. For as much time as they've spent in the company together, um, they haven't been on the same show a lot. But they, I don't think they've ever actually faced off one-on-one. -on -one. So, that'll be interesting when that day comes. Probably at TLC next month. Unless Carmella wins, her, wins the belt from her on Friday. That would just be fucking dumb. Um, not that they've announced it, but you never know what might happen. Like, Sami Zayn had an impromptu title defense a week ago that was announced like an hour beforehand, which was stupid. Thankfully, he won. So we get to the two elimination matches, traditional Survivor Series 5-on-5 elimination tag team matches. First for the women, representing Raw, Nia Jackson, and Baszler, Lana Lacey Evans, and Peyton Royce. I uh, mentioned that Royce and Evans are replacing, I, I mentioned this earlier, but they're replacing Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose, who is legit injured, thanks to Nia Jax. What else is new? Um, SmackDown being represented by Bianca Belair and the Riot Squad's Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan, with two members to be determined. Now, I don't know who those other two members would be. Natalia's got to be one of them. She's been in every qualifying match. She's lost every fucking one. Clearly, she's going to be added to the team. Uh, before we get to your actual prediction, who do you think's going to join Team SmackDown for the women, RJ? <sighs> oh, it's a tough one, GSM. I'll be oh, Zelina I Vega. I mean, I think... <laughs> I, th I think Bailey could be in there. I mean, she, what else is she doing? Oh, I mean, right, she, of course. I forgot about Bailey. Yeah, she's been the face of SmackDown. I, I would have Bailey. I would have Bailey be them, and then I'd have. I honestly would have Rhea. I, Rhea, I, I okay. You, I I say you have Rhea here. They win, and she could be the sole survivor, and then they can do Bailey versus Rhea in the interim. Do like a nice little Bailey Rhea feud as Sasha's facing Carmella, and then. You can do Rhea and Sasha down the road somewhere, but I think I think 
Rhea can win. She and then Bailey can be like, I was the face of SmackDown for a year. You're just a rookie. Like, who the fuck are you? Yada yada yada. And they can have a nice little like non-title feud. Now, that's exactly what I was thinking, but I was hoping for that with Bianca instead, with Bianca being the sole survivor, and then she feuds with Bailey. I feel like if you're gonna, I mean, I, I would, I would be fond of that too. But Bianca's been here a little longer, so I would rather see her get pushed first. I mean, I guess you could do Bianca and Natalia, but like, I mean, I guess that works. But Natalia's fucking, who gives a shit? Yeah, whoever it is, yeah, yeah, you can do it either way. I mean, I, I think Rhea would be a little bit better, but no, if you do it, if Bianca's, whoever it is, I think that'd be the right, like. The next story to tell. Listen, anyone but fucking Lana, please. Lana <laughs> should not be the sole survivor. If Lana's the sole survivor, I will stop watching the rest of the show. <laughs> so hopefully it's the first match. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's clearly what they're setting up here, but like, you can't, I, I just can't buy into that. I could see a scenario where they put Lana through a table at ringside, like before the match even begins. I'm calling it right now. They're going to put her through a table before the match even starts. And then she'll come back out like, oh, she's she's still in. She wasn't eliminated. And then she'll like come in and maybe try to pin Bianca or something. And Bianca will like fucking kill her or or Rhea or whoever, you know. Um, so yeah, hopefully that doesn't. Hopefully Lana doesn't win because I feel like that just benefits nobody. And she's just she stinks. She's not good. So hopefully that's not the case. But you got SmackDown winning here regardless. Yes, yeah, SmackDown won. So do I. Uh, we got the men's match. AJ Styles, the captain, self-proclaimed captain of Team Raw, joined by Keith Lee, Sheamus, Braun Strowman, and Riddle. Don't call him Matt. And then Team SmackDown is consisted of uh, Kevin Owens, Jay Uso, King Corbin, and Seth Rollins with a final member to be determined. Once again, I pose the question to you, RJ. Who joins Team SmackDown? Is it Lars Sullivan? Is it Big E? Is it someone I'm not thinking of? Who is it? That's a tough one, GSM. I mean, I... I mean... Does Daniel Bryan get another shout-out? I'm thinking Big E. Yeah, I can do Big E. I think, I think Raw, Rollins is facing Murphy on Friday, right? Correct. So it's not like, oh, Murphy lose, or Murphy wins, which I was... I mean, I'm thinking he will and he should, but it's not like that's his swan song and that's his farewell because Rollins will be on the pay-per-view two days later. So, yeah. Is it a stiff match or just one-on-one? Is the regular match. Ray's not on the team either, so they really should have Ray on the team over Rollins, but again, that's just me. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah... Probably Biggie. Biggie sounds about right. Okay, so Biggie in the match. I'm thinking Raw for this one. Team SmackDown really hasn't done anything together at all. Um, Raw has been trying to coexist. I'm thinking a Raw win here. Yeah, Raw. They've been building this up so much on Raw. I, this is easier the Raw win here. I mean, it's stupid because like 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 we talked about, like they've been like team infighting and they can't get along, and it's just like it's just a tired trope that they've done for so long. It's just. They're more they're more mad at themselves than they are at SmackDown. So what's the brand supremacy? Like they don't even care about SmackDown. They're too busy fighting each other. Uh, now this year especially, they've just like the build for the brand supremacy. Like usually I don't like love it because usually it's just like random brawls on each show. But I feel like they've done nothing to promote the brand supremacy, which I think is stupid anyways. Yeah. But they didn't, like tease any tension. Like no one's attacked anyone else. It's kind of just been like, oh, we're SmackDown. This is who it is. They've yeah. had like more fighting than actually worried about the other show. No no invasions this year. For the first time since this whole thing started, no invasions on either show, which is yeah, very Drew surprising. Drew was on SmackDown last week, but... Honestly, yeah, I was going to say, Drew was the only one. That was the only one they attempted to build, yeah. Yeah, but... That's about it. Yeah. Who's the sole survivor for Raw? I, I would love it for it to be Keith and Riddle, but I think realistically it's probably going to be Braun Strowman. I was going to say Braun Strowman. Yeah, just given his Survivor Series success in the past, I wouldn't be surprised. So we get to the main event here as we wind down Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns, WrestleMania 35 rematch. I expected this, this match to be much better than that installment um, just because they're, they're much bigger stars at this point. Roman's doing great work. McIntyre is very good. 
It is WrestleMania worthy. They could always do this again down the road, but I think for this show, I think it's a great main event, much better than Randy and Roman. So Drew's going to put up a good fight, but I think for SmackDown to emerge victorious 4-2 to two to Raw, I think Roman's got to win here. Yeah, Roman Roman wins LOL here. Um, <laughs> I think Roman's the bigger star at this point. SmackDown's the bigger show at this point. Drew can afford to lose to Roman. I mean, Roman's, I would say, easily the the big dog, like they call him. Yep. He's the big dog right now, the WWE. You can maybe have Jey Uso come out, maybe help Roman win so Drew kind of has an out, then they can go down the line. So I, mean, I don't I mean, I don't think he's going to beat him clean as a sheet. That'll probably be some kind of some kind of uh, tomfoolery going on. But no, Roman wins here. Um, SmackDown wins the show and just kind of keeps some momentum. I think SmackDown, I mean, we never talk about SmackDown just because it's after we record the show, but SmackDown, I think, has been great lately and uh, – I, I think the numbers have shown they've been going up more recently, even with the uh, the no crowd. I think the storylines have been there. The less I rewatched 2020 Roy Rumble this morning. Less Corbin dog food, like less Corbin. In general. <laughs> I think less Corbin in general has helped the show as well. I mean, every time I've watched it, I haven't seen him on there. Maybe he is. I maybe I just zip zip through. He, he's stuff, perfect but, in a mid card role, I think. But yeah, so no, I think Samantha's been great. I think they built up a lot of feuds. Um, they've had some feuds without titles involved. They've just done everything right. So, still don't know why Raw's been shaky the last month or two, but we'll see. SmackDown's a show to watch, and SmackDown should win. Someone should win Survivor Series. Absolutely, it's the superior show right now. And if there was any year for them to win at Survivor Series, it would be this year. Just, just get rid of that poo poo, you know, Murphy and Leah relationship, and I think the show's a lot better than it is. What? <laughs> <Just> <laughs> money kids take i love it I throw love it in the it. garbage hey. hot garbage oh we're gonna no, we're just, uh, oh the end game is ray accepting that his daughter is dating a 32 year old oh this is amazing such a feel-good story love. terrible is it gonna be a thanksgiving oh, dinner next week i hope so jesus christ if we get a thanks if we get a mysterio family thanksgiving dinner segment on smackdown next friday with murphy there I'll, I'll probably turn off the show i'm gonna say i wish raw won at survivor series instead <laughs> wow no i think i think it's i mean I think it's been good. I mean, it is a lot outlandish and it's kind of weird, but I think they made it work. It's for what the pre- if you looked at the premise on paper, you'd think it's a lot worse than it's been done. I don't know. I like it. I know. I understand. I understand. Brings so, back like oh three oh four SmackDown. <laughs> that's why it's so bad. Big fan of those. Loved uh, Miss L Wilson and his undies. <laughs> Shit, that stuff was absolute garbage. Absolute trash. <laughs> Absolute trash. Well, that's going to be it, Mr. Marceau. I'm looking forward to the show on Sunday. It should be a very good show. We're going to be breaking it down next Thursday right here on WrestleRant Radio for a very special Thanksgiving episode. Probably going to record in advance, obviously, given the holiday. That's going to be going up next Thursday. And uh, everything else going on in the world of wrestling next week. So stay tuned for that on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Podbean, and Google Play. WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com. People can find you, Mr. Marceau, on the Twitter machine at RJ underscore Marceau and myself at WrestleRant. Have a great one, RJ. Enjoy SmackDown on Friday. Don't get too excited about the Aaliyah Murphy relationship. And uh, hopefully Clay Thompson recovers quickly and he's not as injury prone as Tegan Knox is. <laughs> Sounds good. I can't wait for the fucking Thanksgiving dinner next week. <laughs> Enjoy the weekend, Mr. Marcel. Talk to you soon. See you later. Adios. Adios.